Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for August 22nd, 2023. Regional Employment Trends in 2023. Ever since the economy fully reopened from the pandemic, the U.S. labor market has remained tight and wages have been on the rise, fueling consumer spending and extending the current expansion. But is the labor market this tight everywhere in the U.S.? Are certain states performing better than others? If so, what's driving some states to have more employment opportunities than others? And how well could these states perform if a recession starts? This is Brian Kirk, and to share insight and perspective on the regional differences in the labor market, we have senior economist Ben Ayers and economist Daniel Bilheber. Ben, let's start this discussion with you. One of the economic indicators that you've been watching closely is the number of available jobs. Now, several other economic indicators are pointing towards a recession or starting to point to a recession, but not the labor market. Is that still the case? And if so, what are the hiring trends so far in 2023? Well, thanks, Brian. Generally, we're still seeing pretty positive hiring trends across much of the country. Uh, in data through July, national job growth was up about 1.2%. So, you know, through the first seven months of the year, I think about 1.2% of total jobs. Um, but many states are growing sizably faster than that. Uh, at the top of the list, we have Idaho, Kentucky, North Dakota, and South Carolina, all up about 1.9%. Um, but there are another set of about 10 or more states that are just a little bit below that pace, including Texas, Florida, North Carolina, and Ohio. So generally, you, know, you have about 15 to 20 states that are growing pretty sharply and growing much faster than what we see at the national level. The opposite end of the spectrum, unfortunately, we do have some states that are falling behind. Actually, five states that have lost jobs so far in 2023. Those states include Rhode Island, Maine, Montana, Mississippi, and Alaska. Now, these declines are pretty modest, only a, a little cutback in jobs overall, but that's still pretty surprising giving much of the solid momentum that the national labor market has shown and really the overall national economy as well. So clearly there are some regional areas that are struggling a little bit, and it really emphasizes the different sectoral and demographic trends that we see across the U.S. with many of our diverse state economies that we have across the country. Now, there are a few high-level trends I'd like to point out when we look at some of the regional labor market data. Number one, job growth in 2023 has slowed from 2022. The average increase through July is about half of what it was through July of last year. So we've certainly seen some slowdown. And again, we're seeing that in the national numbers as well. Um, but still, the current pace is pretty solid. And it's above the trend that we saw for the same period in 2019, when really the labor market was in a pretty similar condition before we had the COVID disruptions. And so it highlights the continued strength of the labor market this year that's really helped to extend the expansion and also extend growth in, in many local economies across the country. Part of this is because some states are still recovering from the shock that happened to the labor market back in 2020. As of July, 37 states had surpassed their pre-COVID peak for total employment. You know, Some states like Idaho, Utah, Florida, and Texas didn't really slow down much over the pandemic, and now they're up still about 8 to 10% in total jobs compared to early 2020. But that also means, you know, do the math there, that's about 13 states that haven't fully caught up. Um, in recent years from the shock that we originally saw in the first half of 2020. 
concentrate on the upper Midwest, so some states like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, as well as a few mid-Atlantic states, including New York, Maryland, and West Virginia. They're still below where they were several years ago, so they're still a bit in catch-up mode. And there's many firms that are still looking to add workers, and that's helping to boost job growth a little bit over the past years. They're still looking to catch up to where they were in years past. And finally, Lance Chun will talk about, and Daniel will talk about this more in more detail, um, most states still show very tight labor conditions. Uh, more than half of states have an unemployment rate at 3% or lower. Uh, that's exceptionally low and speaks to the strength of the labor market that continues to favor workers in the current environment and, again, is helping to keep this expansion going as we get to the middle stages of 2023. Well, thank you, Ben. So let's go ahead and bring Daniel into the discussion. Uh, Daniel, Ben just talked about some of the states that are doing uh, really well and have a lot of job growth right now. What states are you seeing that have the highest job growth right now? And what trends are you seeing that's driving growth in those states? Yeah, so it is a very tight job market across the country. Something we've been writing about in our publications for some time now is how tight the labor market is with the national unemployment rate of 3.5%. Ben pointed out uh, there are a lot of states at 3% or lower. I'm going to focus on some that are a little bit lower than that. There are a handful of states at 2% or lower, and we can add a few more if we're talking sub 2.5%. So interestingly, there's no regional pattern for these states with especially low unemployment. We have some in the Northeast, New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine. We go a little further south, we can pick up Maryland. Uh, There's some on the Plains, uh, the Dakotas, and Nebraska. And also, uh, we have appearances in the West, in Utah, in the Southeast, in Alabama. So, you know, with regard to how this is impacting job growth, you know, it kind of is. The average job growth among these states is only slightly lower than the national average. But there are some caveats. South Dakota and Utah both have strong job growth and have experienced strong population growth, which is the most notable factor correlated with job growth uh, in, in the data that we've looked at. So you can have a situation where the thing limiting job growth is a lack of available labor. If the area experiences an influx of labor, you'll see job growth, even though the labor market is ostensibly very tight. North Dakota and Vermont, on the other hand, have had strong job, strong job growth, but not much population growth. And they're both at or below 2% unemployment. But they're also still both playing catch up to the pre-COVID level of employment during a time when most states have surpassed that level, as has been pointed out. Some have actually surpassed that level by a pretty wide margin. So it seems apparent that these states still have a need for a certain level of employment and, again, are just limited by the number of employable people of working age. Outside of those states, the sample size is getting pretty small. But the remaining states we're seeing with especially low unemployment have seen below average job growth this year. Thank you, Daniel. Ben, you just heard Daniel talk about those states with a higher job growth. Do you have any thoughts about those? What kind of trends you might be seeing? Yeah. You know, as we as Daniel pointed out, there's really not a strong regional trend among the strongest job gainers so far this year. You can't just say, oh, all of the southeast is at the top. Really, we're seeing, you know pockets of growth really across all corners of the country and seeing that you know there's no strong regional trend that would say one region overall is doing better than the others but when you dive into the data we do see a pretty high correlation between states states with jo- stronger population growth 
and better hiring. Six of the states within the top 10 for job growth this year are also in the top best for population increases. And this makes sense. You know, generally, we see that when people move to areas where the people move to areas where jobs are plentiful and vice versa, jobs grow when there are people moving to that area. So it kind of feeds that virtuous cycle of job growth, trying driving spending and leading to more job growth is really at play here. Uh, we see some of the usual suspects for best performing states, as I mentioned in the opener, you know, Idaho, Utah, Florida, Texas, those are some areas where we're seeing very strong population growth. And consequently, we're seeing pretty strong job growth as well. And it's sort of feeding the local economies and keeping things growing at a pretty rapid pace. Um, the push for hiring within the service sector jumps out in the data too. All of the states at the top of the list, so you look at the top 10 or 15 states for job growth so far in 2023, have posted solid to strong job gains within the services this year. Um, this ties back again to population growth, where you need more workers at restaurants, retail stores, at schools, at hospitals. You need all those folks when your population is growing. Uh, this is also connected to a more broad trend that we're seeing across the country of consumers still focusing on service spending. And that's driving more job growth, driving more need for workers within service industries, and again, helping to keep the overall economy moving in a positive direction. Finally, we did see a few states where job growth in goods has popped this year. It's, it's a bit of a counter to what we're seeing at the national level, where goods-producing sectors, thinking mainly mining, construction, and manufacturing, there the employment nationally has really leveled off as consumer demand has waned. But there are three states with the highest, with within the highest group of job growth so far this year that show strong goods sector employment gains. Those would be Kentucky. North Dakota and New Mexico. And again, emphasizing that when we look at state level data, you can't make big, broad sweeping trends uh, that might not align with what we're seeing nationally. There's always some idiosyncratic impacts that impact growth within local states. Yeah, thank you, Ben. Uh, back to Daniel. Daniel, earlier you provided us with the states that have the most job growth. So let's look at the other end of that spectrum. What states have the weakest job growth right now? And what trends could be contributing to that? Yeah, so it's kind of a similar story to what Ben mentioned, but in reverse. States with low job growth tend to also have low population growth. And again, it's a chicken and egg argument as to which one is causing the other, but they're definitely correlated. Of the states ranked in the bottom six for job growth this year, four have negative or stagnant population growth in the same time period. The outlier here is Montana which has seen pretty strong population growth this year, but jobs have declined. Why would this be? Well, total jobs in Montana are 5.5% above the pre-COVID level, and it could just be that there aren't a lot of jobs left to be found in a state with plenty of farmland and mountainous terrain. Another state, Iowa, is pretty interesting because it's not interesting. I'll let that hang in the air for a second. Okay, so for our friends in Iowa, I'm speaking strictly <laughs> on the data, not on the merits of the great state of Iowa. But among the states with low job growth, 0.2% year to date in the case of Iowa, this is the one state where nothing really jumps out. The job market is tight, but unemployment isn't the lowest. Population growth is low, but positive. Service industry is neither growing nor contracting. Everything is just kind of balancing out to relatively stagnant job growth. But back to the original point, the most obvious thing that jumps out as contributing to weakness in job growth is a similar weakness in population growth. Some specific sectors are weak in certain states, 
construction, retail, manufacturing, oil and gas. But there doesn't seem to be a consistent theme there. It's more state to state. And using oil and gas as an example, you can have a situation where an industry is particularly weak in one state, but strong to very strong in, in a number of other states. Uh, thank you, Daniel. Appreciate that. And I'm really surprised that uh, being a big fan of a particular Big Ten school, I'm surprised Ben didn't say anything about your comment about uh, Iowa this then. But uh, we'll, we'll let that go. We do love Iowa quite, quite a bit, though. Um, and back to you, Ben. You know, last week in your podcast with Kathy, you did a great podcast on back to school and consumer spending uh, to our audience. If you haven't had a chance to hear that, go back to the podcast uh, list here and, and find that one. But yeah, in the podcast, you and Kathy both shared that a recession is still possible, but most likely not until 2024. So if and when that does happen, what states could do better or worse around a potential recession? Yeah, great question. You know. It, it harkens back to, I think, the theme that both Daniel and I have been talking about today, that this is a hard topic to pin down because, you know, depending on the nature of what happens during a recession or what particular sectors are hit hardest, you can get a varied performance across states. And as we mentioned already, there's certain times where, you know, a state might be growing or not growing and it might not fit within kind of a bigger narrative that we see you nationally or even regionally. So there is always a lot of uncertainty around this. But we do have a pretty good idea on which sectors typically perform better or worse around a business cycle. Historically, industries like oil extraction, you know, retailers, restaurants, manufacturing, construction tend to be highly cyclical. And by that, we mean more volatility around recessions. You would see more downside for overall growth for firms and for hiring, uh, and maybe some more upside when you get into the actual growth phase for the economy. But around that recession, you typically see more cutbacks. You see more job losses, more firms start to close. Those are just sectors that tend to be more sensitive to the business cycle. On the other end of the spectrum, we see some sectors like education, healthcare, government. Those are pretty stable even during a downturn. You know, kids still have to go to school. People still get sick. Uh, those are jobs and areas that don't see near as much up or down movement around the business cycle and therefore tend to be a little more stable from a growth perspective as we see things move into a recessionary standpoint. So following those trends, I would say we expect to see that states that are heavily dependent on cyclically sensitive industries would probably perform comparatively worse if we did see a recession over the next year. So you're thinking about states like maybe Alaska, North Dakota, Wyoming, Louisiana, ones that are tied to the oil industry or the energy sector, if we do see a cutback there. Maybe a state like Hawaii that depends a lot on on travel and those expenses when we think about from a travel standpoint, again, maybe people cut back there during a recession and therefore there would be a little bit slower growth across the state like that. You know, on the other side, conversely, you would see states that have pretty diverse service sector jobs should see less downside during a recession, especially the case kind of bringing it back to what we've talked about already to states that have strong population growth trends that could continue to drive activity. So states like a Florida or, or a Texas or Utah or Idaho that we've talked about several times already, states that, you know, there's still going to be people likely going to those states uh, given the, the demographic trends and probably help to cushion the downside if we see a downturn, especially many of those are pretty diverse across different sectors. You know, even if one or two go down, there'd be a couple other sectors that might not see as much downside that would cushion 
population growth overall. And so again, kind of see the sensitivity again to what we see from a sectoral standpoint is really probably paramount when you're thinking about state performance. I would say just stepping back again to the broader picture, you know, we don't foresee a potential recession over the next year being very long or very severe. Most recessions aren't very long, only a couple quarters long, and you don't see a huge cutback in job growth. And so hopefully, even if there is some comparative difference across states, as we look at potential recession impacts over the next year or so, hopefully if if the overall impact isn't quite as severe, maybe that means less job losses for workers across all states, even if some of them perform a little better than others. Well, that's encouraging news, Ben. Thank you very much. And also thank you and thank you, Daniel, also for your comments today on the regional analysis of the labor market and the trends that you're both watching. Yeah, something else that we're watching is what Chairman Powell and others will be saying at the Economic Symposium in Jackson Hole, Wyoming this weekend. Tune in next week as we provide highlights and analysis. You want to make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can be notified as soon as each new episode is released. Until next time, for Nationwide Market Insights, this is Brian Kirk. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide Inn and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2023, Nationwide.